0: Hey, everyone. Darlene here. Amy's behind the scenes podcast ninja. Amy and Mr. Smith are taking some vacation time this week. So I'm stepping in to share a popular archived community favorite episode. Six things you must address for a happy life. Amy spills six common ways you may be stifling your own happiness. Have a listen and get your happy back. Oh, and the workshop that's mentioned in this episode is still available to attend and is extremely popular. In it, Amy shares five strategies to help banish self-doubt and perfectionism, help you access killer confidence plus enoughness, and finally find your voice. I highly recommend you get in on it. Get all the deets and register at thejoyjunkie.com workshop. Mr. and Ms. Smith will be back in your ears next week with an all-new episode. Now, on to this week's community favorite.
1: You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 282. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 282.
2: You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. (laughs) Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, since we won't see you guys...
1: Beforehand, happy new year! Yes, happy new year! Happy new year! This week we're going to talk about six things that you must address in order to live a happy life. Oh, it's it's really curious because there's a lot of times you know people don't they don't come to me saying like I really need to nail down my core values or I really need to explore my disempowering beliefs. They say (laughs) stuff like, of course not. I Just want to be fucking happy, Happy. right? And then everything that we do in our life, if we are shooting for goals, if we want to be partnered or have a soulmate, if we want to have a baby, if we want to move to a new location, if we want a new job or start a business, we do it because of what we think it will make us feel. Hmm. We're always chasing happiness. So I wanted to kind of distill down for you guys today, the elements that must be present in order to get you to that place of true, true happiness. So that is on the docket for today. But before we, you know, get into the heavy stuff, maybe we should shake it up with a little lighter tone. Oh, you think so? I think so.
2: Okay. You look
1: like you're dying for the mic, Mr. Smith.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Give me that thing.
1: You got lots of glitter on today for New Year's.
2: I do? Yes. Uh, Oh, I was at a strip club.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're so shimmery. Just kidding. I'm making shit up.
2: Just trying to get into the new year. That's right. Got to start it off with some glitter.
1: That's right. Pieces of flair. All right. So now is time for our lovely segment, Mr. Smith Heads Up, called...
2: Would You Rather? Yes. Yes, yes. And today's Would You Rather is... Would you rather always have to take cold showers?
1: Oh, dear. (laughs) That look you gave me.
2: (laughs) And baths are not an option, people. You have to take cold showers. Or sleep an hour less than you need to to feel fully rested.
1: Oh, Mr. Smith. It's a
2: tough one. Tough one. I was was like, I don't know about a lighter note necessarily.
1: Yeah, that's not a lighter (laughs) note. That's not taking me into the new year feeling empowered. Okay, it's (sighs) always cold showers?
2: Yeah, always take cold showers. Or sleep an hour less than you need to to feel fully rested.
1: Can, can I still, I can still like and enjoy an occasional jacuzzi or something like that.
2: It's yes, just but all my bathing all needs to bathing. be done. Yeah, you can still go to pools and things like that, but your actual showers have to be cold. Like, to clean, to get clean.
1: I think I'd take that one, to be honest. Like, I, at this age, <laughs> I can't, I, I cannot fuck with the sleep. Like, I right? cannot fuck with the I'm sleep. I'm with you
2: on that. And as a matter of fact, there are people that take cold showers on purpose. I know. Because it's kind of a meditative practice. And it's also physiologically good for your immune system and for your circulatory system.
1: The more you know. <laughs> do,
2: do, do, do.
1: <laughs> Mr. Smith with the wisdom bombs.
2: So, so I'm taking the cold showers because sleep is muy importante.
1: You know, if I was in my 20s, I think I would have said it's no big deal in the sleep, but the older I've gotten, it's just—I mean, when people would (laughs) when people would say, "Oh, I didn't get a good night's sleep last night," I'd be like, "So, like, I (laughs) just—I really didn't get it." My life, and now I'm like, "What do you want?" (laughs) 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 Oh Mm. my gosh! So I'm going cold shower. You're going cold shower.
2: Um, We're going cold showers. I'm going to use it to try to family.
1: Get a little bit more connected with my body. I like it. Well, we would love to hear what you would rather. And we discuss it every single week over in the After Hours community, which is my private Facebook group that you are officially invited to. And I run a very tight ship, so people aren't going to be trying to sell you protein powder bullshit like that. I might might sell a
2: protein powder. (laughs) Mr. Smith might come Mm -hmm. in there
1: and be like, hey, I got some (laughs) pea protein over here. It's disgusting. <laughs> I know. It's a thing. So anyway, it's not going to be spammy and gross and all of that stuff. And we talk about things that that really matter. But – Every Monday, without fail, we discuss the Would You Rather, and everybody gives sort of their reason behind it, and it's it's a blast. Plus, on Thursdays, I do a community training called Q&Slay, where I sound off on anything that has come up for the audience that particular week that they need advice on. So it's a great, great community. Everybody is beautiful and incredible and supportive of each other. If you want in, all you got to do is go over to the slash club. That'll redirect you right over there. and. We will see you there, and be sure to share with us what what you would rather for this week. If you're be sure to share. If you, it's funny because lately it's been landslides.
2: I know, really has.
1: It's been landslides, and I even heard from somebody who their first name was Sandy, and so they really did not oh. appreciate the Sandy uh-huh. genitals one. <laughs> and when well, if to your last you...
2: name's genitals, you're in trouble. <laughs> it
1: was. Oh, Regardless my God. of your first I name. didn't even put that together at first. And I was like, oh my God, your name is Sandy. I didn't even realize. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Oh my gosh. And she did give me permission because I said, I will not share any of that. And she goes, no, please share, please share. And so, all right. So there's a shout out to you, Sandy. <laughs> Sandy oh.
2: Genitals? No, it's not. That po- her name oh. is
1: not Sandy Genitals. Oh, it's, not. it's just her friend. Oh my <laughs> okay. God, this is really going awry. <laughs> Holy shit.
2: Anyway, thanks oh. for listening, Sandy.
1: <laughs> you know what Sandy gets? A, a warm fuzzy.
2: fuzzy. Yay! Of course she does. We haven't done a warm fuzzy in a while. That, perfect opportunity. That's a
1: perfect opportunity for a warm fuzzy because Absolutely. like, I think you owe her a few more than one.
2: A few more than one? A,
1: a few more. That would be four? Warm fuzzies.
2: Four warm fuzzies?
1: Maybe. Oh, coming up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Darlene's gonna be like, "What? You want me to just slice in four warm fuzzies?" Darlene's my podcast editor, who's brilliant, and I love her. Oh my gosh! But we do have another little freebie popping around. Do you do you hear that? In-
2: I do. It sounds like a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> burying their acorns for the winter. We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free
1: shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. This sounds to me... Sounds
2: like a freebie, actually.
1: Oh! (laughs) He's on a roll. Wow. Wow. All right, so if you are not in on this, I do have a brand new free workshop all about dealing with self-doubt, dealing with perfectionism, and dealing with cr- chronic people-pleasing, or being highly invested in what other people think. Basically, it's kind of a five-step game plan that I use with my clients and students that help them overcome these things. And if you want in on this and you haven't checked it out already, please go to the slash workshop. Again, completely free. At the time that we are recording this, we're recording this in advance, so that we can Party it up. Party, party. There still are spots available. If for some reason you go over there and there are no more spots available, just check back in a couple of days. We're adding new time slots all the time and truly, truly hope that you enjoy. I wanted to chronicle exactly what the process is that get people to the other side of happiness, like what we're talking about today. How do you actually get to that place where you genuinely wake up and love your life And a lot of times we're doing things totally out of order, or we're just kind of piecemealing personal development together, or you're kind of collecting ideas, Mm -hmm. but you're not implementing. So this workshop really distills down what you need to do to get to that place. So again, the joyjunkie.com slash workshop. In fact, I just had one of my clients just told me, she's like, it's been like four or five weeks in a row. And she's like, I think happy is my new norm. Like I am nice. find myself smiling all the time. And I'm just enjoying life. I'm letting myself off the hook. And it's just exciting to watch. So That is exciting. Totally possible for you to just cruise over and grab your seat in the workshop. So let's talk about some of these things that truly influence having a happy life. The first thing is... You need to identify and understand what your values are, what you, what really mean the most to you. So in essence, the way that I describe core values is that they are an element that you need to have present in your life in order for you to be the most fulfilled.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: for instance, for myself, I know that if I don't have a creative project going on at some point... I am significantly less fulfilled. I have a huge value around creativity. Now, that could be anything from a play
0: and Mm -hmm. a theater
1: performance that I'm a part of. Uh, I will uh, probably throw myself into creating a pretty elaborate Halloween costume. It could be (laughs) creativity in my business, but it's an element. It's something that needs to be present in my world for me to be happy. The best place to start excavating for. Your values to start shedding a little bit of light on this is look at the things that really, really piss you off. The things that piss us off the most, there's usually a value that's being stepped on. So, for instance, if you look at the things that really piss you off in a political climate, for me, social injustice, inequality. So, that would mean I have a value around equality or right. I have a value around justice or fairness. Many of us have a value around honesty and integrity. And so if I'm not being honest with somebody in my life, if there's something that's going on and I haven't been forthright with them, I am significantly less fulfilled. Right. That absolutely impacts my happiness.
2: Absolutely. And that's on you.
1: And and values are a cha- or they can be a challenging thing to really identify and you can always start looking at what pisses you off, you know? If you don't, let's say If it really pisses you off to be rushed and hurried, then you might have a value around accuracy, precision, leisure, being a free spirit, not being bound by time. Like you could name it a bunch of different things.
2: Right, If
1: you really get pissed when your house is out of order, you know, that really upsets you. Maybe you have a value around order, organization, structure stability it could be a ton of different things
2: that's such a better way to look at it then there's something wrong with you because you like your house tidy
1: no it's no exactly
2: a better way to look at it
1: exactly and there's definitely a point i'm not going to get into it today but there's a point where you can value something like accomplishment and achievement where perfection (laughs) excellence (laughs) not perfection that's right uh where you value something like that, like achievement, where instead of contributing to your happiness, it's crossed a line to now where you say, I can't be happy unless I achieve or unless or I it's accomplish.
2: Or other parts of your life, yeah.
1: So, same is true for order and organization. You know, I might have a huge value around tidiness, order, precision. I love to say I have a, a, a value around precision and accuracy. <laughs> um, But if people come over to my house and I can't enjoy myself because I'm so freaked out about the house being clean or getting all the dishes clean, now it's not contributing to my happiness. It's it's infringing on my happiness. It's stealing it. Right. So that's one huge piece that you have to uncover is this work around what are those elements, your values – that contribute to um, the most fulfilling life for you. It could be adventure. It could be spontaneity. Those are not my values for sure.
2: A <laughs> are <laughs> more mine.
1: I like structure. Yeah. Yeah, those are more yours. All right. So start looking for your core values with those items that really piss you off because there's usually a value that's getting stepped on. All right. Number two, if you are stuck in autopilot – or in a rut, then you're tending, or you could be tending to emergencies that don't align with your values. What I mean by this is if you're stuck in autopilot, let's say, and you're in a a really fast-paced, intense job where you get a lot of demand on you, and you've just gotten in this habit of putting out fires, putting out fires, putting out fires in your job. It's kind of autopilot. You just do it over and over again. And it's not necessarily anything that's bringing you fulfillment. You've just gotten locked into status quo. Mm -hmm. And we all do this at various points in our life. And just because you're in a rut, or you've been in autopilot just in the same mundane relationship. You do the same things every day and it's not fulfilling. It's not honoring your value system. It's not a problem necessarily. I'm not saying there's th- anything wrong. Sometimes we need those for us to go, oh my God, I need to shake things up. Yeah. What am I craving that I'm not getting, getting. Exactly. in my day and day out routine? Hmm. Because our life is structured For many of us, it's structured to be routine. It's structured to clock in and clock out. We go to bed at a certain time. I mean, we create a life based off of structures and appointments and and, uh, obligations like taking the kids to soccer practice and you just do, 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 and you don't look at what am I craving here? What are the elements that I want in my life? Again, are they honoring my values?
2: That's so important. Wow. I love that you touch on that.
1: Oh, thanks, babe. One of the best places to start looking at this is to examine your calendar. I've said this a million times. The things that are the most important to us go on our calendar. Yeah. Now, a lot of times, the things that are most important to us is our autopilot, is our (laughs) obligation, our work, the kids' appointments, the this, the that. We make that
2: the most important.
1: We make it the most important. Mm -hmm. So we don't oftentimes have our calendar littered with self-care, uh, time to hang out with your best friend, uh, sex dates with your spouse. We don't well, have those sorts of things.
2: We, we Even if we do have them in our calendars, they're still task-oriented. Right. Right? If it's like, oh, that's date night and do it night. And dinner and got- do it. Dinner and do it. And we've got it on our schedule, it still appears as a task in our calendar. So we have to change our mindset around what that means,
1: why it's there. The things that are on your calendar bring you joy. Right. So that's a great way to look at all of these items on your calendar and what is the feeling they evoke. So when you that's see great. an appointment, that's like great. one of the things I fucking love about my clients is damn near all of them. When we end a call, we say, I love you.
0: You know, like oh, I love you sweet. goodbye.
1: So when I see those people on my calendar, that feels amazing mm-hmm. When I see date night with you, the feeling is good' it's like I'm, it's like having a vacation I'm on my glad calendar to
2: hear that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you know when you see like we have a vacation coming up in October. Yeah. when I see that on my calendar, there's a feeling associated with it excitement fun, energy, thrill. For sure. So start evaluating your calendar. I'm not saying, because trust me, I love structure. I love checking boxes. I love crossing things off. I love order and organization, like I said before. But it's important that those things that are on the calendar bring joy. And the best place to look at is your emotions. So all of those things that are on your calendar... How do they make you feel? And what are some small steps that you can take to shift that, to bring you more joy? So let's say you do have to go to soccer practice, but you hate it. Why don't you bring like knitting with you or something else? like Maybe it's making something creative while you're watching your kid play practice that brings something fulfilling to you so that you don't look at it. Like, you know, (laughs) I know a lot of parents that have a lot of shame around not liking parenting. You know, it's they don't want to color. They don't want to go to all the games. They don't want to do all that stuff, but they do. So that's fine. Follow through on that stuff. That's fine. But infuse it with things that you love.
2: Or change your perception around them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But or do both or do both
2: Or, or multitask. (laughs)
1: so Uh. the third thing that you really need to get a grip on and if you've hung around with me long enough you'll know this is not going to be any bit of a surprise but you need to get a handle on your self-talk you have got to stop talking shit to yourself so here's another thing that i see happen all the time people especially in personal development it's a lot of good ideas it's a lot of concepts so it's when you hear somebody talk about speaking kindly to yourself, you're like, yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. But then you don't actually do it. And I oftentimes will say it's like reading a book on Pilates and expecting to get a rocking body. That's not going to happen. You have to hit the fucking mat. But with Pilates, <laughs> it's very clear. You hit the mat. You do a 100. You do some of this, that, and the other. Like, it's very clear. With Personal development, it's a little harder because we're dealing with abstract concepts. We're talking about spirit. We're talking about self-talk. It's not quite as tangible. It takes an elevated level of implementation, Mm -hmm.
0: an elevated
1: level of commitment. It is really noticing those acute, sharp moments of self-talk and then choosing to say something different to yourself. Like, I'm not Focusing on that. Like you hear, your, you look in the mirror and you immediately start picking apart your wrinkles or your cellulite or, you know, your small boobs or your big boobs or whatever. Immediately in that moment, you have to go, I'm not going to focus on that. Well, I just did it. I'm not going to focus on that. And then you can choose to say something kind if you want. But what you've got to get a grip on is all that negativity. That's the first. First piece of it is you've got to stop talking shit to yourself.
2: Yeah, so true.
1: The fourth thing that you need to address if you really truly want to unlock your happiness is you've got to stop chasing external approval. And this is really about, it's that same concept of as long as this person likes me, as long as I look favorably in this person's eyes, as long as I get this job, as long as my house is the cleanest, as long as my kids are the most well-behaved, then I can be happy. All of that shit is external, and it's also what we're taught to pursue. So be compassionate with yourself, because nobody tells us as we grow up, no, your happiness is all internal. They say, better get into a good college, because you got to right. get a good job.
2: Better find a good uh, husband or wife.
1: Because I need grandbabies. Like there's all this uh, conditioning that we receive everywhere. From media to family to social media to our everything. Everything, yeah. All of our environment. So, So again, be compassionate to yourself because the cards are stacked against you. It takes fierce courage to lean internally. Instead of externally. Because wow,
2: that's so true. Because
1: most people will lean externally. Now, I'm not saying that those don't have a place. Like, it's totally fine to write a book and be thrilled about that. Or get a new job and be fucking proud of yourself for how you handled it. Or
2: get that house you always wanted. Or whatever it is. All of that stuff All is that. fine. Yeah.
1: As long as it's an addition to your happiness. Not, I can only be happy if this thing happens,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So one of the best places that you can look is to start looking at your own approval. Because a lot of times when we're searching out something else to fulfill us, something else to make us happy, it's because we don't love who we are. right? We don't speak kindly to ourselves. We don't uh, – Give ourselves the approval that we're craving. So we turn to all these external things. Some people even do it with food. Sure. Or you could do um, it with
2: anything. But I think the most important thing that you're tapping onto right there is that I think one of the reasons that we don't love ourselves or we're not as fulfilled as we want to be is because we haven't looked inside.
1: Because it's scary.
2: Yeah. But once you get past that scariness, you can kind of go, well, you know what? I'm kind of a cool person. Right. And then all of that other stuff starts to make a lot less uh, less of a difference in your life. That's right. And you start seeing how much that internal place, where you are mentally, where you are spiritually, really allow us to enjoy the external things more. That's right. And enjoy ourselves more. Right. That's where that self-love comes from, is actually doing that scary moment, looking inside. That's right. And then realizing, oh, it's just me.
1: Right. Right. And, you know, that's what student after student after student of mine say. You know, they'll say that it's so transformative, but they'll say it was fucking hard. Yeah. Because nobody likes to look at like, oh, wow, I have a really limiting belief that I have to be beautiful to be loved because that's the messaging I received as a four-year-old from my mom, Mm -hmm. putting Mm -hmm. me in beauty pageants or some shit like that. That's painful. Sure. So... Again, like I've said millions of times, we are e- either in the pursuit of pleasure or the avoidance of pain. And if it feels painful to look inside, we will just avoid. And we'll go, ah, no, I bet I can actually find happiness in a spouse. And then we get codependent. Right? And then
2: we realize that that doesn't work, so we have a baby.
1: Right. <laughs> and then, and then that, we
2: realize that doesn't work so we get a bigger house or that doesn't work so start business blah, blah. Yeah. and
1: it's a fucking rat race it is totally so I want you to start looking at again this is not about judging what you have done so let all of that be like if you're pursuing external approval like fine just allow that to be but right now what you really want to focus on is how can I give approval to myself
2: yes Preach, system.
1: What does that look like? Start saying, yes, I want that person to approve of me, but I also want me to approve of me. How can I do that? And mm-hmm. just start questioning it. Just start getting curious about that. What would that look like? Where's my biggest triggers? Is it around my business? Is it around motherhood or a fatherhood? Is it around uh, my body and yeah. physicality? Name it. But for many people, they'll have a major... Category at a particular time in their life mm. that feels really potent. Right. It's like, where does it hurt? Where does it hurt the most? Usually that's the area where you need to give yourself Got a little it. more yeah, approval. That makes sense. All right. Number five. And we talked about this a little bit, but you're pursuing what you think will make you happy. Hmm. And this is something like, people even do it with personal development. They think, they have to do personal development a specific way. Like, if you really want to veg out in and you know watch Netflix all day and eat a bunch of ice cream, then you <laughs> beat yourself up like crazy because, goddamn it, you have tools and you're more evolved than this, and you really should be reading, you know, Liz Gilbert's latest book, and you should be journaling and shit like that. And it's like, no, 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 no. We have a lot of breadth. We have a lot of expanse to cater to different areas of what, what we want in our life. So you want, have to be very careful about what rules you create about how you should do anything. I did a course ages ago with my best friend about manifesting stuff that you wanted in your life and going after things. And there, we had a student who was really working toward creating her own business, and she thought I have to, if I'm going to be successful, I have to go to all these in-person networking events. And that was just Mm. a massive should. She's thinking, okay, to have a successful business, it has to look a specific way. And I was like, that's just a method. That is just one way to network is in-person networking events. You can do a ton of other shit. So I think that there's a real space to look at Am I going for this doctoral degree just because my parents it was my parents dream to have a you know a PhD in the family? Yeah. Because I should. Because I got a free ride. So who am I to not take them up on that even mm-hmm. though all you want to do is be an artist. It's looking at pursuing what will really make you happy, not just what you think should make you happy. This also happens when you date somebody who's really awesome, but you're not connected. They're not, they don't light you up. Maybe there's not a sexual connection, but they treat you really well. They look great on paper. Maybe they're a good parent. Maybe, and you go, I should be in love with them.
2: But he means nothing to you, and you don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> there's a song about that, babe.
1: Well, it's true, and we guilt ourselves into thinking that we should like every good option.
2: Yes, you're so right, and, and I, I think there's something to be said for taking those steps, though they can lead us to that place totally. where we're content and fulfilled, and and um, and having that self love. Because right. if we don't take them, I, I we have to take those opportunities, don't we?
1: Well, I think that that's kind of the natural progression of life. You know, those sorts of things will happen inevitably because, like I said, like we're we're ingrained with these ideas of what we should do, mm. right? Period. So I think we're going to do that no matter what.
2: Because it was a lot of people, I don't think, know what they want. So that's what these tools are for, is to help you really figure it out. Right. Right? Figure out what is it that I really want, and then I can go, oh, this opportunity fits that.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I remember my brother asking me years ago. He was like, what do you think the key to happiness is? You know, he was going through kind of a rough time. And I said, I really believe the key to happiness is knowing your core values and living in alignment with them. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the reasons why it's so important to me to teach that in my work because that gets you connected to The This is what I stand for. These are the things that contribute to my happiness. So no, I because I value love and family, I don't want to move overseas to go study abroad. No, even though that's an amazing opportunity, that's going to severely impact my happiness and fulfillment because I'm not able to nurture love and connection with my family and friends here the way I want to. Mm -hmm. So you're able to decision-make so much easier instead of looking at, shoulds and guilt and all of those things. And I don't think that should is always a bad word. Like for instance, if you can be a better spouse, you should. Yeah. If you can be more generous, you should. Like I don't – There, there's stuff like that that I don't think it's always negative and it's always guilt inflicted because when I think about if I can do more than I really should and that that again brings a really powerful positive emotion to me. Now, if I think about, oh, I should really want to take that job because that was a really generous offer, that doesn't feel good. Right. So you're always going to look at your emotions as a really great indicator of if that should is negative or positive in your world. Mm
2: -hmm. Makes sense.
1: So again, if you were to, if nobody was going to judge you on that decision or nobody was ever going to know and you could let go of all of the things you should do that you think will bring you happiness, what would, what, what would exist? What would be possible if you could actually pursue your heart's passion or even have the opportunity to find out what that is? You know, I think that's why a lot of people go back to school later on in life because they start off going, doing what they think is going to bring them happiness well, instead you just of know. their passion
2: yeah but i think you, you know sometimes um, you don't know for a lot of kids going through school for the first time that you really don't know a lot of people don't know what it is they want or that it was what they wanted and then it changes oh totally you know so then it's like oh i'm going back to school because this feels more fulfilling for me at this stage in my life Right. You know? Right. Yeah.
1: And I I would also argue that our social conformities, our shoulds, our peer pressure are way more potent. And and we're also in a very egotistical mindset where it's all about us. It's uh, When we're at that age, like when you're in your 20s, it is like, what am I going to do with my life? Mm -hmm. And it's so wrapped up in what you should or shouldn't do. So, I do think that once you get into your 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond, you can start looking at things a little bit more um, objectively. Yeah. And that's also why I think you see people getting into their latter years, 60s and 70s, and they just don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. (laughs) Because they're like, I've learned that none of that shit matters.
2: (laughs) Right. Exactly. And their time- So, don't wait till you're 70. And and time's fucking ticking. Yeah.
1: At that point. When you're 20- you it, get your whole life ahead of you. You, you. you don't ever think about time restraint. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's true. So you're way more caught up in ah, the shoulds and I've got to do this, I've got to do that. So And again, that's a generalization. But I do see, because I'm involved in theater and stuff like that, I see people who are really, really clear that they're passionate about theater at a young age. Yeah. And then I see people who are there because their parents made them. Mm-hmm. Because they... Love theater. But the parents love theater. Yeah. So it goes a ton of different ways. So that's for you to start dissecting. Where are you pursuing things just because somebody else wants you to do it or you think it should bring you happiness or you think it's some sort of fucking formula? Like, check off these boxes, then I'll be happy Mm -hmm, type of thing. mm -hmm. And then sixth and final is you got to hang out with the right people. That's
2: so – that is – that should be number
1: one. You <laughs> it, it really <laughs> do. Well, I, I like to look at all the internal pieces and then do true. E- external yeah, at the okay, end. Like, and here's how you support your journey. Got it. A lot of times mm-hmm. when I teach with my best friend, I'll say, Andrea doesn't make me valuable. She doesn't make me a worthy individual, but I'll tell you, she makes my job a shit ton easier because I can communicate really well with her. We're able to say, hey, how can I support you the best? We talk about really deep things. So that's much easier than a friend who has a lot of limiting beliefs, who isn't ready to support my best self. And I honestly don't have anybody like that in my life anymore. Right. At all.
2: Well, water rises to its own level. Right. So, if you are hanging out with people that aren't really, you know, striving to be the best person that they can be, then you are limited to that too. A lot of times. That's right. And you don't break that shell and grow.
1: That's absolutely right. So that's
2: why I was saying that should be one. Not. I like the order you put it in. I'm not. No,
1: no, I don't. I don't arguing I'm arguing
2: that. I'm, I'm saying, saying that it's such an important element.
1: Oh my gosh! It really, really is. Like if you think about. Uh, many of us have this, like you get, I always use fitness because I think so many people can relate to it, but sure. like you get really healthy, you'll find out real quick who's jealous of you getting in, in shape. So true.
0: Yeah, because that's so true. Because
1: other people who value health and wellness are fucking stoked for you and other people who are jealous of you want to collude Oh, wait, because you can't eat cake anymore or blah, blah, blah. Or they want to commiserate. You have people who are uh, divorces and you just – they want to talk shit on their exes. They don't really want to move beyond that and you're <laughs> trying to find love again or whatever. You have to watch the people you're – not only do you need to watch who you're surrounding with, you're, you need to watch who you're trying to save
2: That's a good point. Because
1: a lot of times what happens when you get involved in personal development, you're like, I'll save you. Learn this tool (laughs) and listen to this podcast and read Tony Robbins and do this. And they don't want to do it. They're not in that place. They're not ready for it. Yeah. So, and those moments, sometimes it's a boundary thing. It's about actually severing ties and saying like, hey, I accept that you're not ready. I accept that you're not interested. And I'm also going to take care of myself. And we've done tons of pods on that. Um, For sure. You know, friendship pods and the friendship breakup pod. And that one was really, really helpful for a lot of you, I know. So those are those six things that you need to start untangling or at least paying attention to, at least starting to get curious about. And if you're not even sure where to start, take one of those and put it at the top of a journal entry and just start writing all your feelings about it. Just getting it out of the confines of your mind, and see what comes up for you. There you have it. Anything else you wanted to add?
2: No, I think you said plenty.
1: Oh, my gosh. I, I feel like I've gotten plenty of words out. I'm going to be exhausted tonight. Oh, my Yeah.
2: God. Oh, yeah.
1: All right, guys. Well, here is to loving and living your most badass life.
2: Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. <laughs>